Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Teresa Verdecchio. If you want to find more information about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com. It was a Christmas Eve service just like this. It was in December 2005. And my favorite Christmas song is, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him. And I remember sitting in the church that we would be sent from to come here into this territory to start NDCC. You know, you're just filled with the promises of God, but you're going to a land that you do not know. And I remember telling God, I adore you and I just want to do anything, whatever you want me to do with my life. But I am looking forward to the day in my own church that I can hear this Christmas carol. Because when we started out, it was nearly a dozen of us in our living room. The pastor does not sound like Aaron. And I do not sound like Kendall. So would you just bring that to pass for me tonight, that in this church, with all your might, you sing that song. If you want to go help the verse. That's a door. I want to hear the natural what I heard and hoped for in my spirit. Oh, come let 
to perform his word what he said he will do he will absolutely do the bible says that god is not a man that he could lie this god that we serve is a god of promise as you take your seat i want to talk to you a little bit about the destiny of jesus you know that when mankind fell in the garden that immediately even before the foundation of the earth god had set a plan of redemption in motion and when you think about the Christmas story, if you're not careful, if I'm not careful, we will become very, very religious. We'll begin to say, yeah, we know about the shepherds. We know about the wise men. We know about this, this, and that. But the whole point of Jesus coming is what he, uh, you find in Matthew's Gospel 118, where it talks about the birth of Jesus, that his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She found she was with child of the Holy Spirit. Now, this was a scandalous thing. Because what woman that turns up pregnant is going to be able to say this baby is God's baby? So instantly, the plan and the purpose and the destiny of God for Mary's life created controversy and it was scandalous. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, reminded him who he came from. Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This baby Jesus that came into the earth, that we look at in a manger, and we have, if your house is like mine, you have a nativity set somewhere, celebrating that Jesus came. But here's the good news, that Jesus grew up, and he fulfilled the purpose and the plan of God, and he did everything that he was called to do. He gave his life upon the tree, the Jesus that's coming back no longer as a baby but as a king and I'm here to tell you that we have got to shake every religious idea off of us and we have to get back to the basics the basics of why did Jesus Christ come the scripture says that he came to save his people from their sins I'm talking about a power of the gospel that comes to change you from your sins why because when you get born again when you receive Jesus as your Savior there's a nature change on the inside there's a change that literally happens your destiny and where you will spend eternity is decided when you believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ when I look at modern day Christianity even when I look at the church and I look at those that name the name of Christ I look and I wonder where is the nature change because friend of mine it's not just enough to know about Jesus and to know the stories and to think that you have a good relationship with the baby in the manger I'm asking you today what is your relationship with the baby that grew up the son of God who lived a sinless perfect life have your sins been forgiven? Are you washed in the blood? When I look around that room, there was no way in December of 2005 that I could have known the stories that are represented in this room. I marvel at the grace of God, how he has drawn and how he has called men and women by their name, how he's called you out of sin. Where would you be? Many of you, you were already saved. But when I think about the lives 
that Jesus, by his grace, reached in and intervened. The minds that he saved, the people that he rescued, the marriages that were restored, the divorces that were canceled out. The young people that didn't have purpose. When I see just what it matters to follow this Jesus and to have your lives for, and your sins forgiven and to give your life to him, how powerful. As you go on in the story, he says that she'll bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So all that was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When you do a thorough study of that word in the Greek, it means that God is with us in it, and God is in it with us. He is, he is there in your situation. He wants to break out even in this region of the I do of religiosity. When, 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 when you just say, okay, well, I've got a religious duty to do. I have to go to church. No, it's not that you have to go to church. It's that you get to go. It's that you get to, to come into fellowship and to be with one another. It's where Jesus is the center of your life. I'm talking about seeing Jesus in his glory as he really is. You go over to Luke's gospel in chapter 2. You see how the shepherds, when the angels came and began to bring the announcement, how they were wrought with exceeding great joy at the announcement that a Savior was coming. Another translation says that they had so much joy because a rescuer was coming. Do you remember how it was when Jesus rescued you? Or have you grown cold with the idea? Have you, have you just become used to the idea, yeah, God sent his son, Jesus saved me, or is it fresh? My challenge to you, even to you young people, get Jesus out of the manger and get Jesus, the God man who grew up for your redemption, living on the inside of you, not with you calling the shots. I believe that we're going to see radical changes even in the coming year. And as I even look, look across my life and the people that I've known that have lived for Jesus for so long, I see them departing from their faith. I see people causing, uh, the, the, allowing the spirit of deception to come and to talk them out of the very thing that Jesus came to give them. See, I want to make this really clear. God will save no one against their will. He saves us and he'll never leave us. I don't believe you can lose your salvation, but I do believe you can leave it. He won't force you to be saved. He won't force you to live with him and for him. He won't force you to come to his house. He won't force you to have a soft heart. He won't force you to do anything. He simply invites you into a relationship. And I'm here. And just as those angels came and as they announced, I announced to you and many of your hearts that you are at a place where you must decide what will you do with Jesus, not the little cute baby in the manger. But what will you do with Jesus? It will decide your destiny. It will decide your future. And you're not too young. And you don't have all this time. The devil is not playing. I heard of a young man in Philadelphia in his 20s shot five times in his head. By 7.30 in the morning, he's dead. What will you do with Jesus? When I look how it's so easy to grow comfortable with Jesus in the gospel, if I'm being honest with you, it grieves me. Where everything else is more important, 
than Jesus, this Jesus who disrobed himself of glory, majesty, sovereignty, and holiness and honor. And he came and he put on flesh for the very hope that he would save you and I, for the very hope that we would respond to the gospel. I believe that the days ahead are going to demand a commitment like we've never seen before, that we begin to get in the presence of God, that we get away with religiosity because tonight what I'm supposed to do is read the Christmas story to you and bless you and say, now go home and go have fun opening your gifts. But tonight what I want to ask you is when will you allow Jesus to open the gift of your life? When will you unwrap the presence of God and when will you get wrapped up in his presence to the point that it would totally change your life, your future, your character, your destiny? I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is no longer going to tolerate lukewarmness. He is no longer going to tolerate us leaving our first love and justifying and, 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 and cooperating with the spirit of entitlement that says, I get to live for God the way that I choose to live for God. Where is the generation that will rise up and give their life, that would begin to pay the price, that would begin to get alone with this Jesus and begin to get in the presence of God and say, God, people are lost and dying and going to hell. We need the power of the gospel to come. We need a demonstration of the Spirit's power. We need there to be a radical revolution. Why? Because if we do not bring this Jesus to this generation, they're going to be content to think that it's just a cute little Christmas story. While they die in their sins and burn in eternity for all of hell, we have to wake people up. What does the Christmas message mean to you? The Christmas message is something that we are to live every single day. That we have a joy and an honor to present to him our very life and to give him our praise and worship and adoration, but then to bring to him the souls of his suffering, the fruit of his suffering, the reward of his suffering. He announced good news. If we really knew Jesus set us free from our sin, if we really knew that we didn't have to be bound by all those secret things, if we really knew that his blood washed every filthy stain of sin, we would be just as crazy as those angels that went and interrupted those, angels, those shepherds that were working. He said, this is going to be a sign. You're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. They knew from being shepherds what that meant, those swaddling clothes was meant because they, they knew what a lamb, a perfect lamb for the sacrifice had to be. It had to be laid in swaddling clothes. It could not be bruised. It could not be blemished. These shepherds knew when they said this is going to be a sign, you will find him laying in a manger with swaddling clothes. That was the lamb of God, the sacrifice. No longer once Jesus went to the cross would it be necessary to sacrifice lambs and goats and sheep and turtle doves and everything else that they did. Because the Lamb of God that they gently laid in those swaddling clothes in that manger was the sacrifice, the Lamb that came to redeem you and to redeem I. But he wants to redeem us to the point that we become so consumed with his very cause. That we go and we seek and save that which is lost. That we live with Jesus so closely that we call people out of sin and we get them delivered from the very demonic bondages that hold them captive. 2022 is going to be a different kind of year. And I won't get into that too much here. We'll talk about that on our New Year's Eve service. But I'm telling you, there are people that are not among us that used to be among us that were more on fire than many of you sitting here and they no longer are. It matters what you do daily. What do you plan on doing to shake yourself from complacency, lukewarmness? 
Pastor, I'm not lukewarm. I'm all in. Good. Intercede with me and pray. Pray for revival. There's a reason the Bible says, above all, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. It is so easy for the heart to get hardened and to begin to cooperate. And we see this with our, our young people. They begin to cooperate with an atheistic spirit. They begin to operate with an antichrist spirit, the spirit of this age. And they, be, they dared to say there is no God. I'm like, just come and hang out with me. Hang out with me for 48 hours and I will prove to you there's a God. I will prove to you his power with the demonstration of my life. You can't tell me there's no God. You weren't there when I was suicidal and was being tempted by demons to take my life so they could have me for all eternity. You don't know the pit that he rescued me from. You don't know when I was being abused and violated in my body, how the devil tried to come for me. But God stood and said, no, you shall not. You don't know where I've been. And don't you dare utter to me that there is no God. The very God that gives you breath to mock him with your antichrist spirit could lay you out flat and you could stand before him and spend eternity in hell. But for his mercy and because of intercession he does not do that playing with our souls and thinking that we understand that God's going to give us a special rule and wink when we go and we destroy our life I'm telling you what's the good news that he can save you from that mess that he can save you from judgment when you and I were born we were already judged already damned to hell there wasn't one thing you could do about it you were born a sinner I was born a sinner but God in his mercy came and he paid the price and he sacrificed his life and he did everything to, to fulfill the complete assignment of God upon his life. And the wrath of God was poured out upon Jesus and Jesus couldn't even handle it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because Jesus became you. He became me. He became sin. You must be born again. Here's the good news of the gospel. You can get out from under the judgment. You can get out from under the damnation of eternal hell separated from God. Pastor Teresa, this is so intense. I hope the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin. Because under my voice, there are people in here you know about God, but you do not know God. And should you die tonight, you will die in your sins and you will not make heaven your home. I come to you with glad tidings of joy. You can get out of all that mess and stop playing with your soul. What do you think you're missing? One more high, one more, one more, uh, one more night of some fling. Somebody doesn't even care about you. If they cared about you, they'd want it in the covenant of marriage. What are you missing? What do you have to do one more time to add one more link to the chain of bondage? What are you waiting for? What I submit to you is you've never really even seen Jesus. People that play with God with their souls, you know what I'm convinced of? I don't know that they've ever even truly had a born-again experience. I think they've been around religion. God is calling his church to get clean. And in 2022, there will be further shaking. He's wanting his church to come out. Scripture says, come out from among him and be ye separate. Our society needs the revelation of Holy Scripture when it says without holiness, no man will see the Lord. He makes us holy. He makes us righteous. But we do have to cooperate with our salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
You got to work out what he worked in. You've got to cooperate. God doesn't take your sloppy seconds. He doesn't say, oh, oh, thank you for even thinking about me. That is not God. He is holy and he's righteous. And Jesus paid a horrific ultimate price, not for you to play church, not for you to pretend you're okay when you're not okay. He wants you to get right. Then he wants you to be consumed to the point that you will give him everything and allow the pen of mercy to begin to rewrite your life, to allow him to bring deliverance and healing and to set you free from everything that comes to condemn you and destroy your life and your eternity. It's time we wake up. We're being lulled to sleep with society. Where it tries to isolate you and cause you to be passive. Where are the warriors? Where are the people that would tell the kingdom of darkness, I will not comply. I will live for God and I will do everything he's called me to do. I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. If Jesus Christ could not deliver me from sin, I wouldn't even want to serve him. But he has power to destroy the very sin. This is exactly the good news uh, where he says that Christ Jesus has come and he shall save his people from their sins because you and I need saved from sin. It doesn't just save us and wink. There is a reckoning. I cannot imagine you're here tonight, this Christmas Eve service. That some of you, your parents probably had to drag you to or your spouse. I cannot imagine with this Holy Ghost heart check. And it's a check like you're at the Flyers game. I get it. But I'm trying to get you out of here fast. So you get intense all in a capsule. I cannot imagine being here tonight. And you do not heed the cry of the Spirit of God and you end up damned for all eternity because the hardness of your heart you would not hear. You thought you were right when you're not. My God, would you wake up? Would you wake up, young man? Would you wake up? The devil wants you. He wants to destroy you. Would you wake up? If I had the power to wake you up, I would be more obnoxious than any alarm clock that has ever intruded upon your sleep. As I was writing my book today and going over some of the things the Holy Spirit has done, as soon as I woke up, I felt the anointing on me to write. I closed my laptop at about midnight last night and I went to sleep because I couldn't think any longer. I woke up and his anointing was on me and I went downstairs and I just started writing. I probably didn't get 10 minutes into it. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit began to hover. He came in the room. I ran up to my prayer room and I began to weep and I began to groan in the spirit. I said, God, I don't know how to wake him up. I don't even know how to wake Christians up that love you and they're going to heaven. They're just so comfortable. I think they're harder to wake up than an atheist. I said, God, I don't know what to do. But I'm asking you, 
for a people who are all in, who just want you, who want the kingdom, who are wise enough and smart enough to realize this Jesus who came to save people from sins, that once we're saved and forgiven, we have an obligation, we have a responsibility to go and to seek and save that which is lost. But I cannot imagine, and I say this even weeping, some of you in here under the sound of my voice on that day, you will be shown this opportunity where the Spirit of God was pleading with you to get right. You do not have the ability to judge your own heart. Are you right before the living God? Not pretending. Are you really right? Does the blood of the Lamb cover your life? Has there been a nature change? Is your name really written in the Lamb's book of life? Your soul is too valuable to play with. Your soul is too valuable to play with. Will you get right? Will you get under the blood? Some of you have scheduled even after tonight. And this weekend, you got your sins scheduled of what you're going to go do. God said, I'm trying to intercept you. Would you wake up? Jesus asked a very important question. This baby in a manger grew up, and he asked this question. You need to answer it. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? What do you love more than Jesus? Or who do you love more than Jesus? If you're not all in, the cry of the Spirit is to get all in. Stop playing games. And thank God for his love, that he loves you enough that he would put you in a place that preaches the truth. Not everything with a steeple preaches the truth. If I cared about you liking me or giving this sermon a grade tonight, I wouldn't tell you what the Spirit told me to tell you. I care more about your eternity. Jesus wants you to make a choice. He will not always strive with men. One of the saddest portions of Scripture is when Samson said, I'll just shake myself like before. And it says, and he shook himself, and he did not realize the Spirit of God had departed from him. Think that you can just shake yourself. And if we don't fool God, folks, where's your heart? Because just like those angels, I tell you, with exceeding joy and gladness. Your sins can be forgiven. You don't have to live in the cycles of failure and defeat, being the same old, same old, in prisons of addiction and sin and bondage, unforgiveness, depression, all that mess. Jesus is the way out. But not just the way out. He wants you all the way in. Will you get right? Will you get right? And when you really get right, that's why you can adore him. Will you get right and will you obey?
Some of you, and I tell you by the Spirit of God, you play games and you try to fake people out. You don't fake the Holy Ghost out. He's coming. Ready yourself. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you want right with Jesus, we're going to do communion. Please do not be religious. If you're not right with Jesus, do not partake. And if the Spirit of God says they're not right, I am going to try to warn you. Don't drink damnation to yourself. When I was growing up, it was so shocking when somebody young died. It was like a freak accident. It was like really, really weird. Even death is indiscriminate because the devil knows his time is short and he's coming to destroy. Where will you spend eternity? That's my Merry Christmas greeting to you. Where will you spend eternity? Jesus is not just a religious idea or a trinket that we use. Jesus is God, a real person. It's time that the church gets clean. It's time the church comes, stops out of their hypocrisy, so comes out of their hypocrisy, so people can clearly see. I could say, bow your head and let the Spirit of God deal with you, but God's already dealing with many of you. If you want right and if you want to come forward, we'll pray with you. Because I'll tell you what the Spirit of God told me when I was praying over some people this afternoon. He said, you can't make them, let them be. And I'm not gonna lie to you, it was very chilling. And I've always told my husband, I said, you know what, honey, when God tells me, don't pray for somebody anymore, I said, that scares me. And I go and I try to pray and I'm like, Lord, are you sure? He's I said, because when he tells me, uh-uh, something happens where he knows they made a choice and he doesn't want to waste intercession on somebody that's made a choice. And when I tuned in, I was like, what? And he said, from this day forward, beg no one. And I don't know what this means, but I'm telling you, that pull that you feel constantly on your heart, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, I'm not begging anymore. I do not know what that means. So if you need to get right and you know you're not right, this altar is open. You can get freedom, you can get healing, you can get deliverance. And you can get a brand new life and you can be like, I'll never forget that Christmas Eve service, but I got intercepted. You probably won't forget it anyway. Let's go ahead and stand. Are you right with Jesus? That might be a very bold statement to just call you forward. But Jesus walked naked, beaten to death, didn't even look like a man. 
hung on a cross. I walked the Via Della Rosa in Israel. Several of us did. How he took that walk in that condition. I suppose if he did that, we can take 25 to 30 steps. Because if you don't come strong for Jesus, it's too crazy out there. You won't live for him anyway. There's a fresh start coming in 2022. God's just trying to give you an opportunity to be a part. Do you hear what I said? In 2022, there's a fresh start coming. God's just trying to give you an opportunity to be a part. I will repeat again, if you are not right with Jesus, do not take communion. I could read 1 Corinthians 11 to you where it says, He who drinks of the cup needs in an unworthy manner, drinks damnation to himself. Don't do it. We're not judging you. You don't have to pretend to be right. We want you to really be right. If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, forgive that person right now. It isn't worth it. We're going to take a moment for you to do work with your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit what's it, what he wants to deal with. We're going to pause in his presence. Make it right. Make it right before him. Father, I ask that you would unveil every heart. Scripture even indicates that we sometimes don't even know our heart unless you show it to us, that we could deceive ourselves. God, I'm asking for mercy. I'm asking mercy for the hardened hearts, God, that you would have mercy, that you would remove the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Jesus, you came. You came to destroy the works of the devil. You said for this cause, the Son of God was manifested that he would destroy the works of the devil. And I thank you that you were successful in your mission. I thank you for salvation, God, that... In a moment's time, when we believe upon you, Jesus, when we repent of our sins, we can be forgiven, washed in the blood, and given eternal life, the promise to spend eternity with you forever. Jesus, we thank you for coming for us. Thank you for all the times you dealt with us. Thank you that you even gave us the ability to respond. We remember you, not as a religious idea, but Jesus, we remember what you did. Just begin to 
in your own heart where you're at right now, rehearse what he did, what he's done for you. I mean, when I look around, it blows my mind. So when Jesus, when he's there with his disciples and he institutes what we know as the Lord's Supper, he said, hey, this is my bread. It's going to represent my body that I'm going to give for you. The cup's going to represent my blood that I'm going to pour out for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. What I did in your life, when I canceled out all the plans of the devil, remember me. And so as we take this communion this Christmas Eve, Jesus, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We've rehearsed the victories. We remember you. Thank you for coming in that manger with a cruel destiny to live to redeem us. Oh, but what you do, Jesus, you do well because let the redeemed of the Lord say so. <laughs> so we bless the bread. We bless you for giving your body for us. It was broken that by your stripes we could be healed. We thank you for that healing that flows to everyone that's sick tonight in this body. Lord, we love one another. We forgive one another. We choose to do life with one another. Thank you for the body. We bless the body. We ask that you bless the bread. You may partake. Jesus, thank you for the cup. That's the cup of the new covenant, the blood that was poured out. Thank you for the blood because without the blood, there is no remission of sins. Thank you for the blood that causes us to overcome the devil. With the blood and the word of our testimony, we overcome. Thank you for the blood that washes white as snow, that cleanses our conscience, that makes us whole. We thank you. We thank you for the blood. Jesus, we remember your blood applied to our life, our sins forgiven. We bless you and we bless the cup. And we remember you. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Teresa Verdecchio of New Destiny Christian Center. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com.